grown a thick skin And I've learned to be tough But nothing I do is ever Welcome to the Inside the Boards podcast, the podcast dedicated to helping you learn to think like a question writer so you can study smarter, not harder, and succeed in medical school. And now here's your host, Patrick Beeman. Hello, everyone. I am Patrick Beeman, your host, board certified OBGYN, founder of Inside the Boards, and our chief question officer. Today's interview is part two with the guys from Physio who cover uh, what their plans are for the future, as well as some insights about how they've constructed the platform to help you guys learn everything you need to do well on step one. Thanks to Greg Rodden, host of the Physiology by Physio podcast, for doing this interview. You should check that podcast out. And Step 1 Success Stories by Physio, the playbook for those who dominated the USMLE. You can find any of those wherever you listen to podcasts. But before we get into the interview, here's an example from our all-audio question bank. The beta version is out now. You can download the app on the iOS store. And stay tuned for the coming months as we'll be adding more features with a cross-platform app for both iOS and Android. Also, go check out our new website. Finally, after a long time, it's up, and I'm pretty stoked about it. Uh, So go over there, sign up for our email list, check it out, and give us feedback on how we can improve either the podcast or the website itself. So here we go. A 54-year-old man was admitted to the hospital one week ago for community-acquired pneumonia and treated with levofloxacin. Yesterday, he began having foul-smelling, watery stools and abdominal pain. Today, he is febrile to 102 and has an elevated white blood cell count. What other medication can predispose to this patient's current condition? Is it A. Metformin B. Metronidazole, C, omeprazole, or is it answer choice D, vancomycin? The correct answer choice is C, omeprazole. This patient with recent antibiotic use and prolonged hospital stay has an increased risk of Clostridium difficile infection. In addition to antibiotic use, proton pump inhibitors such as omeprazole have been associated with an increased risk of Clostridium difficile. And the board's insider tip for this one is, antibiotic use, prolonged hospital stay, and proton pump inhibitors all increase the risk of Clostridium difficile infections. Treatment includes metronidazole or oral vancomycin. And there's an example from our all-audio QBank. Now let's get into today's interview. One of the things that has been a struggle for us has been just communication among our team and getting things done quickly. You know, so like, for example, when we get a a comment from one of our users that like, oh, there's this typo in, you know, in the book. In the past, it was kind of hard to get that through our entire team and get it fixed quickly. Um, but we've started to implement, you know, a lot of new tools and awesome technologies that have really helped us accelerate that. Uh, so the turnaround time is a lot faster. 
and we're really just trying to you know perfect all of the the little things that come up you know like i don't know if you spell staphylococcus aureus incorrectly there's one letter wrong you know you have to go back and fix that and it's kind of a pain so definitely that has been a learning experience for us aside from that i think that you know there there are always ways for us to make our videos better i think we started to make them a little bit shorter than our initial videos and i think students like that more on top of that i think that just the biggest hurdle for us right now is getting more content you know over the next year we plan to, to add everything to to the platform that someone would need for step 1 and so i think just going forward you know improving upon our content making our videos concise and just trying to make an make an all encompassing resources is going to be really valuable for for people using our platform yeah and those are fantastic areas to improve and and great answers and like i just want people to remember like these are medical students like they haven't finished medical school yet and they're doing this so so just keep that in mind when you're when you're listening to this guys like it's really impressive what you guys have been able to to pull off and um so we're we're just we're genuine fans here at inside the boards um i used your product when uh when i was studying for step 1 and and i loved it Okay, so kind of uh, taking a step back from uh, from physio type of stuff. So where uh, where do you guys see yourselves going in medicine? Um, like, what kind of practice do you want to do? What kind of specialty do you want to go into? Um, yeah. So right now, I'm actually interested in ophthalmology and family medicine. So I'm I waffle between the two. Today, I'm I'm far more committed to ophthalmology and uh, <laughs> ask me in a month or so. We'll see. But um, <laughs> but I really, yeah, so I, I, I want to do ophthalmology. And so I'm excited to, you know, to get back and go and uh, finish my fourth year and get some, uh, just jump back in so I can, so I can apply for residency and, and kind of continue that medical career. Yeah. As for me, uh, I did a pathology rotation at the end of my third year. Uh, that was that was a really positive experience. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, so ever since then, you know, I got a little taste of it, and I'm kind of itching to to see if that's what's best for me. Uh, so I think you know, the beginning of fourth year, I'll go and do a couple pathology, a couple more pathology rotations, and really investigate that more. But that's kind of what I'm leaning towards right now. Okay, so so you guys are both planning on going into clinical practice afterwards. Are you gonna also kind of maintain the physio um website and kind of like update the resources here and there um during your i guess pseudo downtime in residency <laughs> yeah that's a great question it, it you know it's it's going to be definitely a balance act uh but yeah we we both are planning on it right now we got another year ahead of us to really focus buckle down and get out as much content as possible and then you know our hope is that by the end of this year the end of the school year so june of 2020 we will have added everything someone needs for step one. And so, you know, from there, we'll kind of have a, a team in place to to manage things and we'll try to improve upon the content. But I, but I think from then and beyond, we'll really focus on our, our classwork and our residency with definitely keeping our, you know, our hands involved in physio as much as we possibly can with the time constraints. But our hope is that we'll have all the content up by then, and then we'll have a really solid team in place to kind of handle, you know, some minor things and keep physio really polished as we go forward. Yeah. And, and to echo what Michael's saying, we have experience 
building from the ground up everything that's required to make a really solid, good, usable lecture that will help students do well in their exams. And we have experience going back and polishing those and and have a realistic idea of what kind of time and effort and energy is required to do either task. And so me and Michael are at the forefront of our mind. The thing that keeps us up at night is, is are we going to have enough time to make that ex- like really high quality work that we can be proud of that, that if we were like a student two years ago, is this one, would this be the best video on this topic ever? That's part of our philosophy and, and we really want to make it really effective. And so we're, you know, we want to make sure that gets done before we go back to, to fourth year and, and finish up. And I do want to clarify one thing, the Dean of student affairs, the man that we needed to get uh, the approval to take time off from, from medical school he did put a deadline. Like we, we can't take another year off beyond <laughs> okay. these three years. Like we, we can't just extend this. And if I take more time off for physio and don't go back to fourth year, then, you know, I've, I've killed my medical career, which is unacceptable. So, so that's why I say it keeps us up at night. Like we, we need to get this done. Um, and we want it to be high quality. And, and then once we are in residency, we know that we can have these systems in place that we're really refining now, as Michael mentioned, so that we can go back and polish things and keep things updated, which is far easier than building it from the ground up and you know making it. The experience is of making of making it from the ground up is is so hard, but polishing is it a lot easier. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, you guys, you just you serve as shining examples of you know what life can be like if you really just open your mind to the possibilities that, you know, I don't have to do what everyone else is doing. Like I don't, you know, need to get five research papers in and, you know, go present them to a bunch of conferences and get a 275 on the USMLE. And then that equals my top choice in residency. Like I honestly, I have no doubt that you guys will be uh, will be sought after, um, in your, uh, in your residency selections. Um, and even if that's, even if, you know, you end up deciding, you know, maybe I just want to do business full time, like the skills that you've gotten from, uh, from all the hard work that you've put in, uh, building up, building up this company, like you said, from the ground up, it'll serve you well, no matter what you do. So, um, so kudos to you guys. And then uh, because this is ITB and we like to take a more holistic approach towards, towards medicine and life and, you know, trying to find that elusive work-life balance, um, can you guys talk about any like current or previous really important cultural influences on your life, like books or movies or TV shows or I don't know, public figures or any, anything in your, in your life that, you know, think you think really shaped who you are. Oh, that's a tough one. Uh, yeah, for me, I guess, uh, you know, family's always been a big influence on me. I have six brothers and sisters and <laughs> big family. And, uh, just growing up with them was, uh, you know, hoot and seeing what they were all doing and the way they approach life with, their family and their kids has been really inspiring for me. Aside from that, I I lived in South America for a couple of years. I was a missionary there and that was kind of a, a fun experience and definitely gave me some cultural schooling to say the least. You know, learning Spanish and just the different people down there. Really fun time. On top of that, let's see, I, I love to listen to podcasts. I'm kind of a podcast junkie. I guess that's why we started the podcast. 
but I'm, I'm really interested in just uh, mindset and, you know, how to th- kind of think outside the box and uh, kind of success that idea that really intrigues me. Yeah. Any, and then uh, any podcasts in particular that you'd recommend? Oh, man, there are so many. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have a lot, actually. Let's see. So one that I like about just like entrepreneurship is it's called How I Built This. It's an NPR podcast. That one's pretty fun to listen to, just like people who created billion dollar businesses and how they did it, stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, I've, I've had a lot of people recommend that to me. Yeah, uh, Impact Theory. I think that one's pretty interesting. This guy's a, a billionaire and he just interviews people who've done you know, really incredible things. And then I like to listen to Spanish podcasts too as well. Keep my podcast up. There's a Duolingo Spanish podcast. It's pretty fun. Yeah, aside from that, uh, Rhett and I like to go to the gym, you know, try to keep a healthy balance. So we should go to the gym for about an hour a day and try to stay healthy. So yeah, those are, those are some of uh, my cultural influences, I guess. Yeah, what's interesting listening to Michael, he's the one that actually got me hooked on podcasts as well. And if I were to tell you the ones that I um, I love right now would be the Joe Rogan podcast, Tim Ferriss, Inside the Boards and uh, Muscle for Life. And so I like going, I like... Uh, you know, that's what I'm, what I'm up to now. I like to listen to audible books and whenever my credits run out, whenever I spend them for the month, I default to those podcasts I just mentioned. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I, I am like a total audiophile too. Like I consume so much media either through podcasts or through, um, audiobooks. Uh, yeah, I, I also have the, uh, the audible app and Definitely look forward to when that credit uh, comes through every month. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Well, well, very cool, guys. Very cool. Well, any any like last minute things that you want to get out there uh, to the audience? Anything else that you guys felt like you didn't get to say um, from my prompting you? Uh, I think I think that uh, just to give someone a sense of you know how we approach physio and creating some of the videos, I think would be maybe somewhat helpful to some people who are considering using the product. As a student, I feel like one of the hardest things is just the sheer amount of information that's thrown at you. And when you can really understand something, break it down and understand it conceptually, it makes it so much easier to memorize. And so that's kind of the spirit with which we construct our videos. And you know, for a lot of things, it could be so easy to just repeat something. And it's like, oh yeah, this, you know, you read this from first aid and it makes sense at face value. But when you really start to like break it down and deconstruct it, it, uh, you know, sometimes it's a lot more complicated than you think. And if you really can deconstruct it, deconstruct it and understand it conceptually, it just makes it so much easier to understand. And I think Rhett has a really good example of this that he just ran into the other day. Yeah. So I mentioned earlier that we made the microbiology fundamentals series and there's a lot of stuff in there that's actually really, really difficult that if you read from common uh, or popular med school prep materials, whether those be videos or or texts, it really doesn't do the topic justice and doesn't really clarify a lot of these things. You know, I remember in preparing for step one, going over these microbiology like these principles, reading them in, in this book and, and realize that I had no idea how to apply that. I didn't know what the value of it was. And, and it wasn't until we started making this short series that I was able to start like deconstructing it, like Michael said. And we knew we wanted to make 
you know, a good product that would be extremely useful. And so it takes a lot of extra effort to, to break it down into the granular level and then build it back up and then refine it. So it's, it's what the student needs and will use. So there's this one topic that's the freshest on my mind. It has to do with uh, phenotypic mixing and complementation with, within virology. And, you know, I've been reading so much about it, trying to understand the nuances, the similarities and the differences between these two topics and finding primary literature and reading a bunch of PubMed articles and getting, getting to this crossroads where, where I really didn't know how to build a lecture like this. And so I ended up made like a preliminary outline of what I understood about these topics and then started reaching out to these professors at our university that have been super helpful. So we talked to like virologists and professionals within within that field that would know this stuff and really helped clarify everything that I needed to, which was, it's remarkable to, remarkable to be able to talk to somebody, somebody who really understands it, like somebody who has a PhD in virology and and kind of give you the tips that you need and clarify any rough edges and more or less help validate everything that you're doing. And so after all of that work, it's super stressful. It took me far longer than I thought it would take to build a lecture that's, you know, like 15 minutes in the end. I think like, I think like 10 minutes actually. Um, It's like a 10 minute lecture and the blood, sweat and tears and frustration that went into that. It's actually mind boggling. And and I, that's just like the philosophy that we like to take. You know, we want to break things down and really make sure that things are accurate, understandable, complete, and just just really usable. And so that's been the philosophy that we've used throughout every topic. Yeah. And just to give you like another example. So, so I made a lecture on pneumocystis girovecci and, you know, that's a, that's kind of a, a fungus that's associated with HIV and pneumonia. And you hear all these people saying that, you know, all fungi are mold or yeasts. And then you look at pneumocystis and it like, you know, some of these reputable resources are a little confusing because, you know, you look at a microscopic image of this and it says that they, they are cysts. And so a cyst is not, you know, a mold and it's not a yeast. So it's like, well, if it's a fungus, then are all, are all fungi actually yeasts and mold or, or is this an exception? And so like finding out those little details and going the extra mile and reaching out professors and, you know, like studying PubMed articles and primary literature is what really allows us to deconstruct something and, you know, build it from the ground up and give those little insights that are, that are a little bit more helpful, I feel like. So if anyone's considering, you know, using physio, I'd just like to give some insight into to how we make the lectures and really encourage people to understand things from a, from a mechanistic standpoint and understand them conceptually, because it just makes it so much easier. Yeah. So I'm, I'm so glad that you guys actually went into that. Um, and I, it's probably something that I should have asked you about, like, you know, how do you actually go about making one of these videos? But as you were describing it, it was really coming through that you guys take your time when, uh, to make sure that, you know, exactly what you're talking about, you know, before you just start talking into a microphone. And I like in my own podcast, I, um, I did the same thing. Uh, I mean, sometimes I'm sure I got, you know, some little factoid wrong at some point, but, but for the vast majority of it, um, like I was dead certain that, uh, that, 
I knew exactly what I was talking about before I started talking. And that's a, that's a critical thing for learners to have confidence in, you know, that, that their teachers aren't just, you know, making stuff up, um, or aren't just trying to fumble their way through, you know, some, some new concept, trying to apply old principles that actually don't apply and that you guys, you know, took the time to go to primary literature and become essentially, I mean, maybe not a full expert, but effectively an expert, um, the resident experts for each individual topic that you discussed. I mean, that's, it just, it says volumes. Um, so good on you. And I'm just, I'm glad that you articulated that because it's not something that everybody can appreciate if you haven't quite done something like this. Well, thanks. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Greg. All right. That's all we have for this week. Join us next time. Go sign up for our email list. Please follow us on social media. Uh, stay tuned because we're going to be doing a special series on radiation illness inspired by the HBO series Chernobyl. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be interesting. We'll be launching a Step 2 Study Smarter series over on our Study Smarter podcast channel as well. That should launch in early September. We'll cover each clerkship month by month with high-yield question dissections. And we'll be launching a Step 2 Secrets podcast in conjunction with Elsevier and Dr. Ted O'Connell, author of Step 2 Secrets, Crush Step 1, and ITB's Chief content officer thanks for listening as always we appreciate it all right thanks to better days for letting us use the track tired bones weak minds off their 2018 album what you did to me and remember pop punk is not dead so you can find better days wherever you listen to music <laughs>